Hey everyone, it's Rob. Just a quick note before the podcast starts. In this episode, we talk about the weirdness and grossness that is the internet, and so there's some explicit language and other things in parts of this episode. So just wanted to give a heads up there. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Intro music goes here. Eventually. Maybe. In the future. If we have a future. Let's pretend we have a future. Okay. Let's do this. Welcome to the Opposable Thumbs podcast. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. We're joined by this episode's guest, Nick Bontrager. Greetings, Nick. Hi. I'm very happy to be here, and uh, I've really enjoyed listening to the first few episodes, so I'm excited to be officially guest number four Woo-hoo. yeah yeah i think is he does that make him the first guest that's in the know because he's he's kind of looked at the past materials oh it might be yeah that's true yeah it takes us a while to get felt like i place. had to uh once i was uh, invited to kind of do my due diligence do my research it helps but also look for hints and clues i don't know if it's the same podcast if we're prepared but I don't know. Maybe it's a new day for us. So let's uh, let's see what happens. Cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is uh, Rob Ray. I run the Exoskeleton Art Space in Los Angeles, uh, which hosts infrequent art openings and events. And I also run the Exoskeletal newsletter, which is a little bit less infrequent uh, email newsletter I send out. And I'm an experience director at an interactive agency here in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I'm Taylor, and I'm based in Chicago, and I'm an artist, an engineer, and DIY, this and that. Nick was just alluding to the fact that uh, Nick and I met at a conference in Kansas City a couple weeks ago, and uh, wherein he and I went out to get ribs. We each ordered a, a whole rack of ribs. He ate like three of his and then gave the rest to me. And I think, yeah, so I, I wound up like very very sad and happy at the same time in my hotel room later as I as I tore through those uh, leftovers. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like I need to jump in, though, because I ate more than three ribs. I mean, there was this, like, there s- side of potato salad, and we were sharing multiple things. Yep. So I think I handled it okay. You did Well, no, you, you, you did a great job, which okay, you, you. you knew your limits. That's really what- I also knew I was about to get on a uh, a long flight, so I was kind of weary about how much meat do I really want in my body. <laughs> uh, well, we were in at that uh, lunch. We discussed many things, but one of them was the way that, as a um, and maybe you guys can reflect on this experience if I'm remembering it correctly, but the way that you do demonstrations in class, say in Photoshop or video editing or whatever, and you're trying to come up with demo material. That, it, that does not risk overtaking your student's creativity in any way. So, for example, my response was always just to Google the word guy. Uh, and then, like this, for a long time, this one particular 90s rap group always came up. And then I could just do my Photoshop manipulations on that and not fear that every student in the class would um, would just do guys. And, and Nick, yours was pizza. Is that correct? Mine, Mine is usually pizza just because I tend to do my demos either right before or right after our lunchtime. And so it's usually something to give me yeah. a, a goal on my dream board. But 
<laughs> I'm also uh, it's it's become something that almost everybody can identify with or or at least has a stance on, and so for my students it's it's really great because then they just start saying, "Well, have you ever been to this pizza place? Have you ever been to this pizza place?" Yeah. But I also tend to go to my other demo uh, Google search, which is dogs on skateboards, and that comes from the. <laughs> Uh, artist uh, Matt Kenyon, my friend who teaches at, at RISD now, and he uh, told me a story years ago about how he refuses to look at YouTube videos on people's phones because it organically turns into, uh, you know, let's look at this related video, let's look at this related video, and before you know it, there's like dogs on skateboards or water slides or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is Rob. Did you have one of these go tos? This is like y- using Google as a sort of uh, a creative dice roll kind of thing, right? Where you're just like, oh, I'm just going to type in something and then start from there. Is that? Yeah. So I, I had this problem, for example, where I was doing a Photoshop assignment and I would always be so bored, right? So I'd want to do something creative too. So I'd do this demo where I would turn an elephant into like a Frankensteinian elephant where it had cat eyes and sutures all over its face and bloody tusks and so on. And I feel like if you make a demo that's that specific, it just totally zeroes out everyone's brain. It's mm-hmm. like just it's like magnifying everyone's credit cards. Uh, so <laughs> I've, I've definitely headed, headed in the direction of like, here's the dumbest, simplest thing I can think of. And now beating that should be, should be simple, you would think. I'm too OCD. Like, I, I can never wing it. I'm always like, okay, so I have to have a prepared video starting place. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. Well, well, I think similar to what Taylor's saying, it sets the bar so low when right. I use that yep. type of image that the students kind of, I think maybe they feel bad for me that that's the best <laughs> I could do or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of looking at each other. Oh, okay, I'll play along and Google a picture of pizza. Do you want to give a very uh, quick sketch of of? what you're doing and where you are and what you're up to? Yeah, sure. Um, I I teach uh, at Texas Christian University. I I run the new media program here. So this is my fifth year. They invited me to to build it out of a a small office where I started. So I've kind of built labs for students. I work a lot with our graduate program in sculpture and painting. Uh, It's a free grad program with full funding. If you or or anybody um, know anybody who's interested, we're always looking for applicants Awesome. And um, I work a lot with our science faculty and engineering faculty on campus and in the local community. So one of the things I'm super interested in and excited about is, of course, like STEAM outreach for uh, kids or teenagers. And so I do a lot at the Science Museum of Fort Worth and the Museum of Modern Art uh, here, um, uh, or the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth where I kind of will do a lot of workshops with um, kids or teenagers um, or just in general interested adults where we might tackle casting or mold making or video game development. And um, just yesterday I was at the the Science Museum in Fort Worth doing this kind of thing on extreme weather and how to be prepared. And I made like a little hacked red phone that when you picked it up, kids would hear, you know, stories about how people had survived tornadoes and floods and you know, they were really excited, and it gives them something to walk away with, like, oh, maybe I should get in the bathtub next time there's a tornado. <laughs> and so yes. I do a lot of that on the side as well, just kind of um, to get these students or kids 
or teenagers really engaged and excited just because I never really had uh, access to anything like that. And I feel like I would have really loved someone that's super excited and is taking apart things or showing me a new skill. Um, I guess kind of like a, a newer version of like that boy scout relationship. So yeah. I do a lot of, I do a lot of that. And then um, I get to meet cool people like Taylor when I go to art conferences and talk about my, my teaching or my artwork. Let me, let me pose you a question and then see where it goes. So themes, I was, uh, when I was looking through your work, um, I was wondering about, I feel like there's a lot of military iconography in your work, uh, but also there was a lot of humor and, and I feel like usually when I see military iconography, it tends to be a little overly serious. And I'm thinking in particular about the uh, signals piece where you had, is it, is it semaphore? Is that the flashing light? It is. Uh, well, um, it's, uh, well, semaphore is the phone or the, the flag, the flag kind of right. language, but the, mm-hmm. yes, the, the signal lamp is, is flashing uh, Morse code. And so this was a system uh, where there were screens you could uh, an audience member could text to this number, and then um, the artist Nick appears on the screen in this sort of uh, dramatic outdoor location and appears to be writing semaphore text back in response to the SMS. Am I getting that correct? That's correct. So, uh, so could you talk about that work a little bit, and then sort of your interest in the military? Sure, sure. So that work uh, is is called Signals, and you can see. Uh, a video of kind of the a walkthrough of the experience on my site, but it's uh, completely rooted in my interest in both kind of cinema and how places that I see or have seen in film or television or read about in books gain this really special kind of aura or mythology enough to where I want to go see see those places or experience that. And so that project was essentially me taking, uh, I think it was a 5,000-mile road trip through uh, all of California, Oregon, Washington, and basically just making the most inefficient, you know, route I could, but it would go through as many locations that I could could identify from, Mm -hmm. you know, a love of Star Trek or... Lost Boys or Stand By Me or Twin Peaks and kind of finding all these places that some existed and some were completely different, but I wanted to see them in person and have a a little bit of that put in my project. And like many projects that all of us have engaged in, um, I had to continuously reinvent or change the project based on uh, conditions. So the signal lamp you see in the video is quite large. It actually took me about a year to find because it's from a battleship. Yeah. And the, it was for in some guy's man cave in <laughs> Washington, D.C. Yeah. And so I set up like a, a script on Craigslist to search for like keywords through every single Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, from every from every city and it took a couple of days but it got like one response and it was this guy in DC that was was selling his uh this man cave object. And so I talked with him and got him to send it to me but in you know it weighs quite a bit cuz it's solid steel and mm-hmm. so I kind of re-engineered it and added all these um Arduino capable uh controllers and motors and you know lights that would allow me to to basically hike 
into the mountains, set it up, and, and film these segments for the live video and the feedback. And then uh, it never made it to LAX when I flew there with like my kit and my recorders and my cameras and everything I needed to shoot on location. And so this this uh, like 300-pound crate that I had made just disappeared with all my stuff. And I, had, and I had like my iPhone and my SLR that was in my backpack and, um, and like a week, you know, to film <laughs> something. And, uh, and so I had to, in the airport parking lot, kind of logistically see what was still possible. And I ended up having to film at all the locations, but then set up a really elaborate green screen system in my backyard in texas that would match the lighting in each place um <laughs> so i had to like keep track of the time of day and the gps so that i could simulate it in 3d and see where the shadows would be yeah. and and kind of like move this giant uh platform that i had built so that it would look like i was there anyway um is that is this the, the piece called signals this is a piece called signals okay, and so cool. um you know, like many of the, the projects that I work on, there's kind of a lot of effort put into something that has almost um, a very little impact or, you know, kind of uh, excitement value. It just kind of blends in or feels like a set piece. Yeah. And the the root of the, the project was I wanted to um, play with the idea of this kind of uh, artificial intelligence or, or that where that line is between what we believe if we're talking to a person or not. And I think, you know, the best example I can make related to that right now is when you get on like a chat, uh, a shopping website like Amazon and the little pop-up says like, hi, I'm Janelle. Can I help you? And you can ask it some basic questions and just like kind of a Turing test, you know, can you, what do you ask it before it will say, well, let me connect you to my buddy or, you know, when it when it can no longer use a script to to respond. And so I was really interested to see how, how I could push that. And so I used, um, at the time it was a, a fairly new service, but it's called Twilio. And what it allowed me to do was to uh, use a, a Max MSP uh, patch in the gallery where Signals was that would ping uh, a PHP script on my... Uh, my web server whenever somebody would send a text message and then it would pass the text message to me wherever I was um, you know in the world as long as I could get a text message and then um, I also set it up so that when I responded to the text it would take the, uh, the my message convert it to Morse code and pass it back into the max patch to flash the light and change the video and and so um, that whole project I, I totally could not have uh, completed without the help of my um, friend and amazing coder, Joshua Penrose. Where, sure. Where's the best place people can go to check it out? Siri just recorded that entire thing and gave <laughs> me something she Googled. Um, <laughs> they, can, they can check it out on my website. Uh, there's a, there's a, like a, several you know, kind of short writings about the project. There's images and... Um, documentation of the project so you can check it out rob let's let's share these things i'm so excited yeah taylor do you want to go first yeah for sure so um so mine's going to be interesting on our end we're all going to listen to this audio and but before you play it 
I'll just set it up for you. So so Megan from last week and Rob and I were talking about this and, and Nick, I don't know about you, but man, this really threw me for a loop. So I was just thinking and thinking about what to do. And I went through all these ideas. Like one of them was um, just go ahead and write a comedy set, which would have been just horrible, like mm-hmm. just terrible, terrible if I did it because I just had no idea how to enter into such a thing. And so then I was trying to look around at ways of getting at existing material. So one idea I had was it's relatively easy, apparently, to gain access to HTML5 video controls. So I was thinking about setting up my elliptical machine. I've got an old exercise machine uh, with a little Hall effect sensor so that it would control the speed of videos on Netflix based on how fast you were running. So then I could like watch comedy videos, <laughs> but then I'd have to run at a specific speed to make a make the delivery correct. And so just like on and on, I, I went through all these ideas that I didn't wind up with. So the one I finally settled on, uh, probably influenced in part from talking to Nick, who, like I was saying, has a lot of uh, scripted responses to these things. I started noodling around with the uh, the Reddit API. And so that was a way to, because Reddit is all open source code, right? Um, and so it was a way to get in there and to scrape out material like uh, posts and comments and so on. So I started from the the old um, uh, turn of phrase that comedy is tragedy plus time. So I had my little script get onto r slash all, and then to look for alternately um, posts that included the word tragedy and posts that included the word time. And then I was combining them together to see if I could get humorous results. And then the whole thing was read by the um, OSX um, uh, accessibility voices. So I I just have a couple, I think I have an example of four different jokes that this thing created. And so if you guys are all on the Slack page there, we can just all hit play at the same time. Yeah. As you can imagine, it gets, it gets pretty weird. I, I feel like the, um, one of the things about a giant content machine like Reddit is that you've either got really gross, offensive neckbeard stuff. And then on the other side, you have like really open hearted, very um, emotional stuff. <laughs> they're like, and there wasn't a lot of room in between, which I was pretty delighted by. Cool. You're good, Taylor. I'm. I lost the thread on how on uh, what we're about to listen to. Yeah, sure. So the um, so the Reddit API, uh, it's a script that plugs into that. Okay. It looks at um, it looks at all, which is where all the comments are coming into at once. Like Reddit so like, slash all is that? Yeah, or, yeah. So yeah. it's okay. th- thousands of comments just landing, you know, constantly, twenty four hours a day. So the script, it's just a terminal script, which we'll post in the show notes. Cool. And it searches for the terms tragedy and time, and then it mashes together two of those. And then the OSX um, accessibility assistant reads them out um, to uh, potentially humorous effect. Awesome. So you guys ready to play this audio? Yeah. I'm going to say three, I'm going to say three, two, one, go, and we'll listen to it. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Fuck him and fuck his family. He and his wife actively condoned and participated in violence towards others for having differing opinions. The only tragedy is that his wife wasn't killed as well. At least then his kids would have had a chance at becoming productive and competent members of society. Nothing. Not a goddamned thing. Second time I smoked weed, oh, oh boy. (laughs) here's a post from someone else from two years ago on slash r slash steroids 
First you can take finasteride. Finasteride type 2,5, Greek small letter alpha, reductase inhibitor which prevents the conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone. For androgen-related hair loss DHT is many times more potent than testosterone. Lower DHT will limit or eliminate hair loss related to high levels of testosterone. Some people have side effects from finasteride. I haven't that I can tell. Pre-cycle blood work indicated test at 668 DL. You can wash your hair with Nizoral shampoo. Nitsoral contains ketoconazole which is a mild topical anti-androgen. Again this limits or eliminates hair loss related to high levels of androgens. Use minoxidil twice a day with a wet scalp. This is the active ingredient so in Rajane. It promotes yeah. hair yes. regrowth. Slash joke. I am jokes, genetically I predisposed to this male pattern baldness, which comment. started in my late teens. By age 25 I had noticeable thinning hair and I started using all three. Today I am in my early 40s and have a full head of hair. This stuff works. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagu is the wise? Oh no. Could you tell us in short what actually happened behind your tragedy or how you ended up the way you are if it's not too painful? Much love. We weren't having a lot of sex at the time so it was really, ah, uh, hard. Sounds like a sticky situation you were in. I know the feeling. I have to try limit my playtime every evening so I can get up for work the next day. I should get to finish it this weekend and then hopefully get to my backlog. I was going to do a second playthrough on Insane but it's an 80 hour playthrough so far and I have not finished on normal difficulty. That will at least double on Insane if not more so I might have to put that on the back burner for now. If there is no image, there is no human tragedy. Burn and Kuukner on the 2004 tsunami. Wow. God. <laughs> that is weird. There you go. I was hoping at the end you would try to emulate the ha 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 that we heard. It it seems like there's some interesting stuff going on with the accessibility assistant because they even you can tell that they have them draw breath as well. Mm -hmm. yes. So it's it still sounds clearly so uh, inhuman. But there's some. Um, it's kind of getting into minorly auditory, uncanny valley territory because they're sort of like the ha's. If you just write out as I did, h a h a h a h a, depending on how many ha's are in there, it'll actually choose to put pauses in different spots. So you really? can tell they're tr yeah that they're trying, but it's still you know clearly a long way to go. And is it just outputting that through your sound card in terms of accessibility? Kind of like you say, read this, and then you converted it, or does it give you an audio file? Yeah, it it just it read it aloud. So if you're in, I think my operating system right now is ten point twelve point four. So I don't know if this would be available in earlier versions, but you just highlight some text, and then there's an accessibility shortcut. I think it was Option Escape, and you can choose one of four voices to read. And then um, I installed, um, what was it, Soundflower? Something like that, so that I can mm -hmm. capture the sound card's output directly into Audacity. So yeah, that's how I got that file. I think there is this really nice connection as well between how they'll take uh, 
kids with reading problems mm-hmm. to read to like dogs, like just read to oh, a yeah? different species so that they they have this um, <laughs> non-judgmental feedback and kind of sure. supports them learning. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what I kept thinking about was this, you know, this this computer, this voice learning how to speak by talking to me and not another computer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Rob, I, I know this one's different than normal. Like, yeah, but what kind of, what do you think? That's great. Yeah. Did you, did, it's so, uh, uh, there's a lot of overlap with, with, with some of the things I did. So I'll, I'll, I'll hold on some of that until I talk about my piece just so we can glue sure. them all together. But, but, um, could you, uh, do you have a sense of like how, how those decisions got made or like sort of how the piece came together? Yeah. So, uh, my understanding is the way, so Reddit is incredible as a database, right? Just the amount of material that's being generated at every moment. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to do this kind of transparency thing. If I recall a year or two ago, they had some CEO that was not as transparent, or maybe there was a big misogynist backlash. It was around the same time that the GitHub, or was it the same person that got ousted from GitHub that went to Reddit? I, I can't recall exactly, but, uh, so they're totally into people doing scripted bots with their API, but they limit the number of calls you can make. So presumably there's like a thousand comments going up a second or something. And so you're only sampling those in a really limited way. And I don't think, I don't think you really have any control over that. So that part of it gets randomized. And then um, there's some phrases you can look up like LOL or something where you'll just drop a million of those into your terminal at once. But then the word tragedy, as you might imagine, was much less common than um, time. So with time, I would get, I would really quickly get a response, and then the terminal would wait for like 10 or 15 minutes before a tragedy example popped up. So the way that the um, uh, the way that the code was looking for more and less common words was sort of a natural artificial limitator, uh, <laughs> natural artificial, if that makes sense, limiter. And then ultimately also I just went through there and some things were a little bit more legible as humor if I reversed the order. So I, I tried not to intercede too much in it, yeah. but there's definitely a lot of just total garbage. Um, so I tried to pick the ones that seemed the most polar, you know, so there's somebody going on and on about his steroid regimen for hair growth. And then there's like, um, for example, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Is that a direct quote from the movie? I'm trying to remember I don't, or the novels. I'm not sure if it's a direct quote, but I know that if I see that phrase, I instantly kind of, it's kind of like, look away. Like, because <laughs> then it just goes on forever. It spawns this really long response, right? Oh, it's, are you talking about as a, as a Reddit, as a Reddit culture of, person? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So you could, you could definitely see, you could use these tools to sort of pick up on, memes that were specific to reddit comments you know so rob i don't know if you spend any time on this site but there's things after a while that come to be so familiar like i was thinking about looking at the relevant username comment rob are you familiar with this no huh you know so all the usernames on reddit are generally phallic or you know scatological in nature Uh so somebody would comment on something and say oh you know blah 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 poop and then the next person, Dan, would say relevant username because the username also dealt with, you know, scatological material or whatever. Uh, and, of course, to 
lay this all out is to completely crush it to death. Not that it was that funny to begin with, the relevant username thing. But once you've spent, if you're a lurker like me, I just, I read that site a lot, but I really very seldom participate. Yeah. But then you become, you become um, conversant in its language. Yeah. And so there are a lot of things that sort of break down into, like, for example, somebody might post a snippet of a song and then all of the subsequent nested comments continue to play out the lyrics of the song. And it's the kind of thing where somebody apparently gets thinks that's fun but when you see it your eyes just glaze over it's just like nick said that there's like whole sections of the site just you go blind in that particular range of your vision because you know exactly what it's going to be uh so i like kind of pulling that back in and i I just started to do some experiments too like tragedy was so hard to find that for a while i just substituted the word trump because they were you know relatively uh synonymous yep (laughs) and then uh you know so that kind of had its own thing and i think it's um now that I did the did the work to figure out roughly how the API functions, I'm looking forward to kind of crafting future experiments that deal with not just because it's not just random material; it's all filtered through this sort of Reddit culture that exists. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Reddit is definitely so. Reddit is a place that I I rarely go. I'm not really sure why, but I I somehow I just end up not over there very much. But I did for mm-hmm. this project kind of get over there for for my own work and oh yeah yeah I immediately felt like way out of my league. It was funny because I <laughs> I felt like I felt like someone like as someone who sort of came up on like bulletin board culture and internet culture, like it never felt that weird to me like mm-hmm. uh, like the internet in general until like last week and I was just like whoa this is like there's a whole lot of like social protocol. Like I just don't know, you know? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so that spooked did me. Did you, out, but... did you violate any and then learn from it? Uh, uh, n- uh, yes and no. <laughs> no I guess I'll, I'll, okay. I, I, uh, well, so Nick, do you want to go next or I can go next or whatever you, I can go, I can go next. Yeah, um, let's do it. Excellent. Yeah, but I just kind of chiming in on yeah, yeah. that, that your last question, Taylor, um, mm-hmm. I think it, it also is interesting that the times I have learned about that social protocol on Reddit, you know, the few times I've tried to kind of contribute to a conversation or or uh, or share something that was relevant, um, almost immediately, you know, it'll say something like, your post has been removed because it doesn't have, you know, yep. this really specific tag or delimiter, almost to the point where it's those same kind of errors that you get with a compiler um or in, or in like processing and so it's a human kind of, compiler it's kind of like uh yeah where's that line and wikipedia is very similar too right like i feel like every time i go to try to edit something i did it wrong and that's and, that, and they've been accused of that's sort of the nature of the misogyny of wikipedia right is that right. they made sort of intentionally made the um formatting rules really obscure right yeah, yeah. so i like Taylor mentioned um, in Kansas City a few weeks ago, um, you mentioned, you know, the podcast and gave me a really cool sticker and said, you know, the next episode was on stand-up comedy and uh, you didn't really know what you were going to do yet because it was so um, far out of your wheelhouse, I think. And Mm -hmm. I think we were just kind of sitting there waiting for one of the talks to start and I kind of rattled off like, oh, wouldn't it be cool just to download a bunch of, you know, the the most viewed 
YouTube clips of stand-up comedy and, you know, aggregate what's funny or look for the, the spikes in volume for clapping to see when the audience is engaged and make, like, the best of the best of the best. Um, so I started doing that for a week, and um, I was kind of using uh, YouTube DL, which is kind of... Um, it's a it's like a Python package, I think, mm. and so I was just doing it by command line, and I was I had kind of set it up to search by, you know, the top ten videos that have the highest view count, you know, for the search stand up comedy or something, and it would just kind of automate that process for me and download a really high quality version off the YouTube server, and so I was kind of searching through those and kind of picking through audio files, and then. Um, Something came up where I was starting to wonder. There was, I think, there was a clip from uh, one of the stand-up comedy videos where a character, a character, I mean, a comedian was talking about the green room. They were saying something about like the, the conversation they had in the green room or the the stress of getting prepared to go on stage, and and so I kind of, you know, I had been in a, f- a few like uh, you know green rooms or something for. Um, when I had helped with like friends, you know, shows or at festivals where you're, you know, like that's where the tech area is. So you have to kind of go through that to find the right extension cord or whatever. But I was trying to visualize this comedy green room and I couldn't really wrap my head around what it looked like. And I, and I really couldn't find a lot of pictures online that I, that I felt like were as descriptive as I wanted it to be. And so I got kind of obsessed with, um, wondering what that might look like or finding out if I could find more information or architectural drawings because I wanted to kind of see how big it would be or, you know, what... Because one of them said, like, it went right to the stage. So you just walked out of, you know, the door of this green room and you were on stage. So I got kind of fascinated with that. And what I ended up doing was um, trying to recreate that experience of being in the green room right before you go on stage. Um, and I, I, I don't actually know what a green room is. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, so I think it's just kind of a general term for this kind of area that you wait in or, uh, relax in if you're a performer where there's kind of filtered access and there's typically, you know, snacks or drinks or something so that you can uh, prepare for your engagement with the public. I see. So like if you were going to go on Conan O'Brien, it's like where you are before you walk out. Correct. Is that, okay, okay, cool. Room cool. Or, That's called the green room. You know, wow, cool. I always assumed it was something with like green screen, like that you were going right. to get. Maybe it is. Yeah, Maybe it weird. is. Okay, we don't cool. Know. Yeah, and, yeah, cool. Um, Thanks. You know, I think you see that's where the, you know, like the brown and green M&Ms were for yep. like the classic Guns N' Roses tech writer stories, right? <laughs> is that it? Brown and green? Or like. I think it, I think it was only one color. Was it Guns N' Roses though? I thought Van it was Halen. somebody else. Van Halen. Van Halen, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think for those um, that don't know this story, right? They had it in the writers so that they knew if their pyro was going to be set up right. Am I yes. getting that right? Yeah. I believe so. It was so that they knew that they read the whole thing, and it was kind of yep. a, uh, a like a blue dot test or a blue dye test or whatever to to see if they had read the whole thing. So, um, so I used uh, Unity to to create a space, <laughs> and nice. um, I made uh, a Windows version. That um, that I'll share, and we can put on the site. And um, cool. I was I was making a a Mac version for you guys, so you could actually play it with me, alongside me. 
um, but it didn't finish compiling yet. So uh, I can I can put that on later. So I'll just share my screen, and then I'll kind of we can walk through it and I'll talk about it. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Rob, I think there's something kind of nice about having just total silence except for mouse clicks. Yeah. I think we, you, make sure to keep those in there. That's going to be like, uh, <laughs> it's probably, there's probably like hours of YouTube, like, or like sound footage, you know, like, yeah. Quiet office. All right. A is, ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So can you see my screen? Yeah, we got yeah. you. Okay. So here we go. I'm seeing, uh, this, uh, oh yeah, do whatever you need to do, man. But I'm seeing this whole cluster of posters on a wall, and, and we're definitely in a sort of quasi-photorealistic three-dimensional space. Yep, yep. Uh, what are you noticing, Rob? Yeah, it looks like there's a brick room. It looks like definitely like the back of a comedy club, sort of um, s s slightly seedy, but like it doesn't know it, <laughs> or something like, like it doesn't think of itself <laughs> as being... Uh, a little rundown, but it but it is, and there's some nice like um, definitely like a basement vibe where you've got some like uh, sewer pipes mm -hmm. uh, running down the side of the wall and some random milk crates, which is really great and a nice radiator. It definitely has a kind of maybe midwest midwest basement comedy club. Uh, vibe. Let me uh, let me restart it just real quick to get sound through yeah, the sure. Speakers. I feel like I can totally smell it too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it smells like like it it floods periodically. Yep, <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it's kind of a musty, and it's it's green, but only in the loosest sense of the word. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like the weird room they had left over, and they're like, "Well, we need a green room, so let's call that the green room." Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I recreated this space, and I'm not sure how much you can you can hear over the mic, but I made this really kind of like muffled yeah. <laughs> comedy set. And, and then, like this voice tells you that you're next, like you're on stage in five minutes. It's like gruff <laughs> voice. Yeah. And so uh, I made this. I had <laughs> nice this kind of box. whole. Thank you. I had this whole kind of, uh, and I made everything uh, applied physics so you can like knock it over, trash the, sure. the green room. Um, but I had this kind of imagination of this game starting with you having uh, just spilled your beer all over your your set notes or something, <laughs> or <Yeah>. have accidentally <laughs> dropped your 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 notes in the toilet, uh, which is yeah. overflowing a little bit in the sink. Um, but, and, and then, so you have this like five minute window cause this guy tells you you're on in five minutes to like figure out your set. Yeah. And, wow. uh, so I put this, uh, and he's like, it's a tough act to follow. And I even like drew little penises and glasses all over the posters to kind of try to make it real. CD green room, real, real CD. Yep. Yeah, the, um, the couch is amazing where it's, um, I mean, there's a couple of things about this I'm really into. So the, the coffee table has like that sort of gauche, ultra shiny, right? Um, you know, like poly 
coating on it and it's reflecting the bare light bulb really harshly and yes. then <laughs> and then the couch is all ripped up but you know like fabricy enough that it probably contains like it's kind of wet uh-huh. <laughs> yes definitely bed bugs on that couch oh yeah yeah oh man this is great yeah i, I mean i feel like so rob when you see a space like this do you re- do you require that kind of overlay of the game, or I mean, it's it, it's interesting to me. Can we just exist in the space, or, or you know, the notion of play here is one of the open questions for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cool. You can kick stuff around. So, just um, to describe this a little bit, we're in like a three D environment, Unity three D environment, and, and jump in if I'm wrong, um, and. There's an assortment of... What's great is there's sort of been a... I've done a little bit of work in Unity, and um, you have these things called Unity assets, and you can get, like, different things uh, that you could put in a 3D environment, so, like, chairs or tables or whatever. And so... But you can make your own, right? And uh, there is a collection of objects in this room that immediately leap out to me as, like, a Unity asset thing, but but also done so perfectly well that it's like a, this collection of totally random objects like like it feels a little bit like an apartment I would have had when I was 20 <laughs> uh, <laughs> of like I found this this chair but it only has three of the four legs and uh, it's like the perfect comedy club like they just threw some furniture in there there's you know four or five people are shuffled through this room a night like you've got five minutes to get your set ready. You've you've done a horrible thing, and now you have no material. Like, what do you do? It's a really, really great, yeah. interesting environment. Um, uh-huh. I, and so to create all all these posters and things stuck on the wall, I just kind of Google image searched stand up comedy, and I found like the craziest, weirdest events that people were 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 advertising. Um, you know, this one says like funniest female competition and has this woman screaming with like her hair <laughs> on fire. And there's one over here that says like the mother of all comedy shows. And it's something about like grandmas or uh, a hilarious at night the, of like mothering comedy at the laughter zone. <laughs> yeah. At the laughter zone. So I just found like the weirdest stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I made these really high resolution things to stick on. So in the future, if I added this, I could kind of zoom in. But these are just all. Uh, I just found like a redacted document of Operation Paperclip wow. that I thought was really funny, and That's great. Um, and so I just like smash smash them all together. I also kind of loved that. You know, the kind of the essence of Operation Paperclip was bringing over these Nazi scientists to build our. Um, rocket program or to, to mm-hmm. help our rocket program and so I kind of thought about that in the sense of like I don't really know anything about stand-up comedy so I'm outsourcing it um, to all these other people. <laughs> I love that also like I feel like the asset store when people create so so the asset store and I, I'm not presuming that these necessarily come from there but but uh, the asset store is the place where people sort of can create 3D objects and sell them or give them away or whatever and they're always so loaded with intention like like, you go there and you're like, oh, this is modernist furniture assets. And so you could buy the modernist furniture, uh, modernist furniture asset package. Or you could, or, or like, a lot of them have, like, kind of architectural desires. Like, oh, you're, we, we, we think, it's sort of like clip art, right? Where they sort of assume right. you're going to do a thing 
with clip art yeah. that just many artists just like upturn in this really great way. And so it's like, oh, here's this really nice desk, but then like you threw it in this like totally wrecked room and put a pizza box on it and like poured a beer over the top of it and stuff. And it's like the person who ever made that asset assumed like you're going to be making the next Trump Tower or something. And instead you've made this like really dungy, great basement uh, green room for a comedy club. Well, I think going back to the couch too, um, one of the things Taylor said was it's all patchworky and it was this like really great modernist couch or something, you know, that I just grabbed. But then um, I just grabbed some kind of uh, like blue jean jacket texture and just dropped dropped it on there and so the the polygons didn't line up and it and it just looked terrible but then yeah after a minute it looked like they had repaired this uh couch in the green room with about eight different fabrics so i just left left it on there rolls have been yeah yeah yeah, it looks good that's what that's what that was oh man and this is an area that's totally outside I mean, you know, you talk about comedy being outside the wheelhouse, but also working. I do a lot of work in 3D, but on its way to fabrication. And so it's just blowing my mind the way that Nick is talking about the organic quality of experimentation. So, you know, going to these pre-created assets, but then modifying them in a way that's not technically sound in order to arrive at an aesthetic um, experience is really uh, eye-opening for me. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. Cool looking. Awesome. Um, great work, man. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It really, the toilet's great. It's like perfectly haphazard. <laughs> and like, I didn't, I would have never read that toilet as squeaky clean, even though now that you mentioned it, it is, you know? <laughs> um, there's some nice weird brown liquid in there. Excellent. All right, Rob, let's check your stuff out, man. All right, cool. Um, okay. So um, I'm going to upload one photo, and then I'm going to upload... Um, oh, Ooh. got a video. So I'm seeing a box with a mushroom cloud on the front. And what is that? A solar panel? It looks like a it looks like a solar panel with uh, like a wood, Brad nailed wood case holding it on top of the box slash uh, podium. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that's also uh, it, it looks like the mushroom cloud is etched into the surface and it's mm-hmm. kind of painted red with little holes in some of the mushroom cloud. Oh, yeah, like a speaker grill? Like a yep. speaker grill, yeah. And then it's also being presented on top of a saw-stop um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> table saw. I like how they've branded the red color for something that doesn't cut your hand off. Downloaded. Whole thing. Cool. Oh, th- this guy with his fiber. Look at this yeah. dude. <laughs> Still rocking the U-verse over here. Oof. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I have. I think I... Yeah, I have to start a, a fire in the morning and keep it going in order to get in there. <laughs> a, a rocket stove router. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love these build photos. So I'm so I'm looking at the uh, photo here that you've linked, and it looks like I'm seeing inside of a 
of the gut. So I can see an Arduino Uno. Yep. Plugged uh, with some, um, like a kind of a generous amount of uh, Cat5 stranded uh, cable going to a speaker. It looks like there's also a battery pack that's uh, got blue tape uh, taping it to the inside of. taping it to the inside of the project box, and uh, I can see a couple of other um, barrel jack connections or audio connections, but there's several small boards I can't quite make out in this first image. Uh, So I'm guessing one of them is a solar regulator. Yep. I'm just kind of looking at the the images here. There's also a uh, an image that looks like Rob is is tracing the mushroom cloud off of a screen, and there's something really nice about drawing on top of a very expensive MacBook screen, <laughs> just because of the pressure that you apply on that very delicate oh, like a, like a surface, like a piece of paper straight <laughs> on the screen. And, and yeah, yet, Rob, just, that's baller, dude. <laughs> and, and Rob, despite your mention of using blue tape and loving it, not a dab of blue tape is there to hold that tracing paper in place <laughs> so I, i'm getting kind of a an anxiety attack from what happens if it moves and you can't uh, trace the rest of your line fortunately it's a yeah it's an it's an it's a nuclear cloud so i was able to kind of freeform it and then uh the next series of images show what looks like a cnc carved design in the top of a plywood box from the trace drawing it's very cool and then uh, just a generous spray paint application to that CNC carving. Um, and then some more build photos of the podium. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how you, got, how you dealt with the overspray. I haven't quite gotten to that part. Did you sand it off or did you have some kind of a mask I can't see? Yeah, I sanded it off. So, so the... Yeah, so I can I can jump in with a little bit of a description. So it's a little it's sort of a birdhouse size box, maybe for a very large bird. Uh, but I was that's kind of the vibe I was going for, and it has a solar panel on the top, and it's really just an audio jukebox that plays um, a collection of jokes that I crowdsourced off the internet from friends and family <laughs> members and various other people, um, and. Uh, and yeah, so it, so the on the outside of the box is a is a giant nuclear cloud that I I I, I took a picture off the internet and then traced a I just took a piece of paper and laid it down on top of my screen and then traced and used that my computer screen as a kind of light box to sketch out the nuclear cloud and then um then just flipped the piece of paper over and like rubbed it onto the wood so then the nuclear cloud is transferred onto the thing and then i just took a trim router by hand and just routed the oh profile out because uh man that's i thought for sure those uh that was all cnc'd good job on that yeah thanks thanks yeah i really like doing that and and if if there's i started doing that first because i was doing these i wanted to do a cnc style thing but i didn't have a cnc machine and, and the thing i wanted to do was quite large and so i was just taking a uh, LCD projector and I projected the image onto the wood and then I would just take the trim router and route out like where the lines were and it actually worked out pretty good and so now I it's kind of my go-to thing if I want something to look a little bit more designed um, 
I think the thing that again you can't see it if you're if you're listening to this podcast, but there are so many plunge cuts in your design uh-huh. where they're not connected, and I think that's the thing that is always so scary to me when you're doing that kind of freehand trim routing or routing is that you've got you've got to lower that spinning bit into this planar surface totally with, without it skipping or or going off and so that's why when i saw all those internal cuts and designs and line work i just was kind of like no way somebody that owns a saw stop is going to <laughs> just take their life into their hands by dropping a trim router into this uh, plywood repeatedly yeah i use a rounded bit you know like a i don't know what you call that like Where a spherical bit like a ball nose yeah i guess so yeah and uh so that is and then it's also maybe only it's definitely not an eighth of an inch deep um and so you've got pretty and it's a trim router so it's not a full-size router so it's um quite small and, and pretty easy to hold with two hands and it's it's really um, it's it's probably dangerous i'm gonna say <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't feel dangerous and i've never felt mm. I've definitely done many stupid things where I felt threatened in the shop, and I was like, "This is a bad idea. I sh- I'll never. I'm never going to do that again." Or I got yeah, away with it sure. this time, but I don't. I'm not going to do that. You know, like you push that limit of you feeling comfortable, but I've never. It's always felt good. I think partly because it's a trim router. It's so small. Like the bit. It's an eighth inch um, size uh, collet, I guess. You know, so it's it's pretty small and doesn't feel too threatening, but. And I and I also like it how it looks, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I um, I uh, so so okay. So uh, let me, I'll dive in with the description really quick. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to, you know, stand up comedy. Megan Trainer, our previous guest, really uh, gave us a doozy, and was stand up comedy became our topic uh, this episode and so i decided like okay i'm going to die inside (laughs) in like the first (laughs) week (laughs) i was just like so lost and i was like oh my gosh what do i do like how do you i don't even know how to be funny like i don't know you just really black out you know you're just like oh man what am i gonna do Mm -hmm. so then um also at that same time that was happening you know in the news media and stuff like we kept there's been this for the past couple of months but really especially lately this kind of renewed nuclear threat you know um Mm -hmm. and i was like wow what this is really freaky but it's also something that has been a part of my work for a while and so i was like wow it's really weird that this nuclear threat that i had always thought when it came up in my work before felt very dated or weird or something or like antiquated (laughs) and now all of a sudden like it's it's a real thing again, and so that was see weird. that just that just means you're getting old. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep, <laughs> totally. And so I was like, okay. Um, and then I was like, well, where would I? So then I was like, where would I want to be if I if if it was gonna if I was like, okay, well, you know, the bomb's falling. Like, where would I like to be? And and then I started thinking about that. And then I was like, well, what would I do? And it's like you ask people that question and everyone has a different answer. You know, a lot of people are like, I would cry or I would hug someone or I would get busy <laughs> or do whatever, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that you think about that you would do, but then there would also probably just be this weird gaps in time where you're just kind of hanging out. And, um, uh, and then I was like, you know, I think 
it would be fun just to tell stories or tell jokes to one another or whatever and just sort of find a way to become at ease. And so I started to wonder, like, what jokes would I tell at the at the at the end of the world? And so then I was like, okay, I'm I'm not funny enough to come up with a stand up routine about what jokes to tell at the end of the world. But like I bet I bet people will have some interesting things to say and 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 I'll just make this phone number that allows them to call in. I use this app called Burner. It's a really cool app. It's like $5 and you just get a free phone number for a month. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it's really nice. And you can um, get voicemails and stuff. And the voicemails will like sync right into Dropbox and stuff. So it's really, really, uh, cool. really quite good. Um, is it just incoming? You can make calls with it. Um, I, I, I never have. Uh, I only have just set up the voicemail and used it as a way to get get phone calls but it's pretty good like i i at first was like i'm gonna go to craigslist i'm gonna start posting on craigslist and uh see what people reply back with and they they they, i didn't get much traction with that and i was like okay and i was like well i'm gonna i also had the challenge of being like i know taylor on social media so but i don't want to spoil what i'm doing yeah so but then i was like oh screw it i'm just gonna post on facebook and stuff anyway and um you know devil may care like just just go for it and uh because he won't totally know what i'm doing he'll just have a sense that i'm collecting jokes and so i got tons of like retweets and reposts and all this stuff facebook i was like i'm gonna have thousands of jokes and it just never (laughs) happens you know as as you all know like going through this like you always think like everyone's gonna be into this and maybe they are but they still never actually do the thing you know so i got like seven or eight jokes and then i thought I okay, like who's really gonna get this piece? Who's gonna really like understand where I'm coming from? And I was like, preppers, preppers are gonna like be into this because this is the <laughs> thing they think about all the time. So I went yeah. onto this website called preppersforum.net and uh, <laughs> I I posted there into a forum that they call uh, UFOs, Zombies, 2012, Aliens, Mayan. End of the world apocalypse. Twelve. <laughs> there's 161 threads in here. There's 4,397 posts, and I was like, "These are my people." You know, like this is it. This yeah. is this is. It's not the economic <laughs> precious metals investing and in finance uh, board. It's it's not it's not the fallen brothers and sisters board. It's the UFO zombies 2012 aliens mine into the world apocalypse board. So they're they're mm-hmm. they're they're going to be down. They're going to go for it. So I I, I post in here. And I have never been a member of PreppersForums.net or anything like that. And I post, like, call me with your nuclear holocaust or, you know, Joker story. And I just get immediately lit up. Like, like, <laughs> like no one thought it was funny. Like, yeah, yeah. I got, like, the moderator was like, hello, new guy, and welcome to the forum. There are some protocols around here. <laughs> so so they, they were like, no, buddy, nope. And then, like, uh, and then, you know, you get the very gross posts from people, from someone like, hey, you know any hippie chicks that want to snuggle up during the apocalypse? Like, you get, like, just immediately gross dude factor just comes in full tilt, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and then you get the people who are just like, what part of any nu- Holocaust, nuclear or otherwise, is funny? Who would be, you know? And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, so I just, that was, 
<laughs> a total implosion, but it was very interesting to at least try to engage the preppers with this project. And I did even yeah. post photos and stuff because I'm like, they're going to get it from maybe like a maker perspective or something. They'll be like, oh, this is cool. I have a wood shop. Like, that's a neat project. And a couple people were like, okay, yeah, that's neat, you know? But really, it was mostly just like really gross sexual innuendo that was horrible. And, um, people thinking just like humorless assholes you know just people being like Ugh. like here's someone who's like there there's a manual to deal with life after nuclear war that i find credible and i would read up on that <laughs> it's like <laughs> and he posts a link to it it's like that's not the point so anyway preppers forum totally encourage people to go there i'll put a link to it in yeah. show notes but um <laughs> so this is like an audio jukebox of jokes um taylor is one of the people who called in with a joke thank you taylor uh, mm-hmm, Taylor's sure. joke is is definitely one of the funniest and longest. Um, so I'm going to take this box with jokes. It's solar powered, so you can sort of listen to it wherever you want to be. And I'm going to put it in a place in Los Angeles that is my favorite place that I would be want to be if if the bomb falls on us here in Los Angeles. Excellent. That's nice. awesome. And so it just plays on a loop. Just plays them all over and over. Yeah, it just plays. It it's the Arduino. A little, just a little quick tech walkthrough the arduino really serves as a this is like a total advertisement for adafruit block this whole project there's a adafruit sells like a soundboard that you can load with um wave files or .ogg files or whatever and and that's what's on there the arduino is sending like a random string between zero and ten and then that tells the audio player to play track seven or play track six or uh play Uh track two um and then uh, there's a little amplifier board there that Adafruit makes. It's like a two-watt amplifier, and that's um, what the speaker is plugged into. Uh, and then there's the solar part, charging part. There's um, a small charge controller. There's a six-volt solar panel. And then there's a, like a, a power booster that takes, I think, Li-Poly batteries are, what, 3.6 volts or something like that? There's something kind of mm-hmm. low. And so you got to get up to... <clears throat> five volts to run the arduino and stuff and so there's a, like a step up converter i guess is what you might call that um nice that converts the voltage up to five volts so you can run stuff off there so um yeah it's super it was like actually it was like one of these things where you're like oh i'm gonna do this little thing and then you're like i have many technical hurdles to overcome <laughs> 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 but um which you, you both can relate to in this in this project yes but, oh yeah for sure yeah yes uh, excellent, man. So, Rob, are we have we arrived at the time when when Nick chooses the new the new challenge? We have, Nick. What all do you right. think, man? All right. What's... Um. So, just kind of going through your your past episodes, you've done a two by four, you've done um, Dungeons and Dragons. Was that the f- mm-hmm. focus, or was it just gaming in general? Well, dice, 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 dice. Andy dice. Okay, mm-hmm. right, and um, and then. Your last one was kind of focused on found electronics. Yeah. Yes. So um, it seems like there is maybe the the missing element would be some kind of uh, way to to make some decisions uh, in your in your podcast. Maybe something having to do with uh, random choice or oh. how uh, how algorithms have been used to make choices for us Mm -hmm. Um, maybe if there's something like that that could be used for future podcasts dude oh i see so you're are you talking about like 
the challenge is a way to address the manufacture of challenges moving forwards? Yes. Or, no, not the manufacturer <laughs> challenge, but I think the way that as a culture, we have created ways to make our decisions. Yes, that's great. So, like, there's apps that will just choose where you want to eat because your significant other says, I'll eat whatever, or whatever you, you mm-hmm. pick. Yep. And um, so I think it brings in a lot of options for thinking about you know, either game culture or how... Uh, no pseudo random versus actual random decisions. That would be my suggestion. I love it. What do you think, Rob? Yeah. So if you if you had like a a phrase to sort of act as as our north star over the next two weeks, what what would be like where like as we sort of think through this for the next two weeks, um. I, so for me, when I sort of work through a challenge, I keep going back to what the fr- like for us it was right. like stand up comedy. So I'm like, okay, sure. stand up comedy, stand up comedy. What would you? How would you phrase that in a way uh, to I've, sort I've of got point a good, us? I've got a good uh, uh, alliteration in my head. I'm going to go with real, recorded, and random decision making. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's great. Yeah. I'm writing, cool. I'm writing this down. And I feel like as a subheading, I really like your way of thinking about it, which is, um, I don't care, you pick. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a better phrase. You should use think... that one. <laughs> well, it's still your phrase. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm really digging that. We'll have to, we have two really good ones to pick from. Maybe we could call it, I don't care, you pick, and then the subtitle would be your mm-hmm. original title, which gives it a little bit more, it, like sketches it, it out a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Get... Okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Um, wow, killer, man. Yeah, that's great. I have a few very quick things. I'm going to be quick about them because we're a little bit long on time. Mm. Uh, just about people who've written in and stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. So uh, a couple things, a couple things. Wow, that challenge is good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> first of all, uh, thanks to everyone who listens in. We are just about at 150 average listens per podcast. So we're doing really great there. Please um, help us share the word about the podcast. Um, You can tell your friends about it and to go to opposablepodcast.com. And if you want to see details about our projects, photos, videos, audio, et cetera, um, those will be up at projects.opposablepodcast.com. And that's where we um, host more detailed rich media things about the projects that we talk about on the podcast. Um, and I just updated that this weekend quite a bit. So it's getting, it's taking shape after me uh, wanting to get to it for weeks and never having done it. Um, so please tell your friends about it. We don't, we got our first iTunes review uh, and we got five stars. So that's pretty great. Um, if you want to review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. Taylor, did you, did you see the review person? I believe it was from Rich Aroni, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, do you know who that person is? <laughs> I think that's Rich Mansfield. Oh, oh okay, cool. Uh, okay, who awesome. We, who we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, great. So, if, so, so yeah. thanks a lot, Rich. Yeah, thanks, Rich. If you would like to give us a review, whatever number of stars you would like to give would be awesome. Um, I'm always feels like that feels really weird in some ways to ask to like hustle people for positive reviews. Every podcast does it, so it must do something. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's like I used to um, ask my students to get on rate my professor and give me chili peppers just Ooh. to underscore <laughs> to under to underscore how flawed of a system it was, and yes. and that worked as well. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, thanks, thanks for the reviews. And also just if you want to share it on social media or whatever, that would be great. Um, we know there's a lot of podcasts that people listen to, and so your podcast time is limited. And so thanks for spending an hour with us every two weeks. Um, we have a Patreon page. If you go to opposablepodcast.com or patreon.com slash thumbs, it would be awesome if you became our patron. Um, we are accepting sponsorships. Uh, we really need money to keep this thing going. Um, so if you have a small business or an Etsy or something like that, and you would like to work out something where we talk about it, when we do a podcast, we would be happy to do that. Um, we do prioritize independent businesses and minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses first, uh, but don't let that stop you. So please, um, or 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 let that encourage you. Uh, so please uh, give us a shout <laughs> if <clears throat> that's something you would like to do. And you can email us at opposablepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we got an amazing box from Federico uh, from a listener. And it is the coolest thing. There, I'm just going to briefly describe what it is, and then maybe we'll we'll defer what some of the contents are to the next episode. And I'll put a few pictures of them um, on our website so you can see. But he sent us a really really sweet note. It just said thanks for putting the podcast out there. I listen to a lot of podcasts while drawing, but something makey was missing from my life. I love that you are making efforts to be inclusive. The code of conduct is great, and the overall feel is very professional in a good way. Uh, and he made this really cool piece while he was listening to our two by four episode. <clears throat> and um, so I'm just going to describe it really quickly. So when I put the photo up, you'll know what it is. It says the story with this weird object is that I was playing around with the bandsaw and a scrap piece of two by four, trying to improvise the shape by cutting on per- perpendicular faces of the block. If you Google bandsaw reindeer, you'll see what I mean. There's also a nice video by Jimmy Duresta where he carves a spoon with the same technique. And, it, and, and Federico has a, a, amazing penmanship. Pin, pin, and also he drew this really great block diagram of, of like sort of sca- um, carving a three-dimensional object uh, with a bandsaw out of a block of wood. And uh, so he uh, started to put together this really cool... Um, little gear with um two by four two by four and paper clip and it's a really cool i'll show a video of it because it's this really cool um taylor i sent you a photo of it i think mm-hmm. i don't know if mm-hmm. you have a I, what i'm what, what i'm worried about is there's probably a great name for this actual thing and maybe it is um <clears throat> a bandsaw reindeer but it's really amazing looking and so i feel nervous right now trying to describe it and its motion, it definitely has a kind of golden mean kind of motion vibe to it. I feel like the way that you're being evocative, I, I couldn't improve upon that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like uh-huh. don't feel bad calling something a bandsaw reindeer because then, you know, my imagination goes wild. Yeah. Oh, he, he wrote down what it is. I just missed it. It says the, they're golden ratio calipers. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're really quite beautiful and really well done. And um, Federico is, is a really great illustrator and maker person in Los Angeles who I don't know super well, um, but always have had a great conversation with him when I see him. And maybe we'll try to get him on the podcast to um, do some stuff because it seems like he would be great to have on. Um, that's all I've got. Does anyone have anything? Nick, do you have anything coming up that you would like the world to know about? Or Taylor, do you have anything as well? 
I will be in Iceland for a month for a residency, an artist residency, um, from nice. kind of middle of June through middle of July. So if anyone uh, on the listening to the podcast has like a cool place I should go, um, or something that would be really cool to see, I would love to to get some information there. Um, otherwise, I'm definitely going to uh, be looking at some amazing landscapes. And I've just learned that there is some kind of world, uh, only world penis museum or something. Wow. Like a museum <laughs> dedicated to phallic imagery. Wow. So that's on my radar now. I'm thinking of like, what, what would the world penis look like? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll let you know in uh, July. Fantastic. Uh, I have a project coming up. I think I may have alluded to it before, but um, the fabricator I talked about, Megan Scotiel, and I may be mispronouncing her name on our first podcast. She's just helped me finish fabricating this set of sterling silver uh, flatware, uh, which I'm going to go pick up this week. Oh, so yeah, I'm hoping cool. to get that, that project underway. So yeah, I'll post some pictures of that, but I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's great. I saw the, I think the 3D maybe drawings of it on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, what do you think, Rob? Anything else on your end? I'm good. That's it. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, oh, I'm so excited about this challenge. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Nick. Hey, everyone. It's Rob again. I uh, just wanted to announce a cool thing. A um, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Ranjit Bhanagar, uh, sent us a really cool vocal improvisation he made um, over loops from a Lewis Black stand-up comedy show inspired by this week's topic. Uh, so we're going to use his piece as the outro music uh, this week. Uh, the piece he wrote in and said that the piece is inspired by a brilliant video piece called Trilling by Catherine Ross and Taylor Haskins. And um, his Ranjit's uh, video link he sent me, so I'll post that in show notes and on our website uh, so you can go check it out. And it also has a link to the original piece, uh, Trilling by Catherine Ross and Taylor Haskins. Um, so thank you so much, Ranjit, for sending this in. We are psyched to be able to use this as our outro music. And uh, looking forward, Ranjit has many amazing, uh, cool things on the internet. He's a really cool artist. Uh, he did this project that he may still be doing where he made an instrument a day from many, many things. And, and he made an instrument a, a day also using paper clips. So uh, I saw his piece um, related to our first episode a few weeks back so anyway thanks again Ranjit and uh, this inspires you to send something in uh, please do and we'll uh, throw it on the podcast thanks Oh, 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 oh,
Italunyat, Italunyat, 